0: Welcome to Destination Westland. I am so excited. I finally have my first guest on this podcast. Oh my goodness. Talking to this girl was an absolute blast. There was so much information that she gave. I just can't wait for you all to be inspired and for you to find your true self. Her name is Tenevimbo Michelle Chimwaza. She is the owner of Bantu Quills and natural hair brand. She is currently online at bantuquills.com. She is a determined entrepreneur focusing on natural hair products. Let us go straight to the conversation. It's- nice to finally have you I'm so super super excited um I just want to say when we first met yeah uh-huh. i was so happy to receive that email and then once I went to your Facebook I was like oh we have so much similarities like we do the same thing we, we both have um Facebook groups and we're yes. both entrepreneurs That's so right. um so what prompted you to actually send that email like what did you find
1: You know what? I I think people are drawn to their likeness, you Uh know what I mean? So I think um, I was like, you know what? I have to be bold. I have to be, I have to network. I have to put myself out there. And even though it may feel like you're a little bit vulnerable um, or you don't know everything, it's just good to put it out there and see what, what comes back to you. And I'm so glad that I did because we wouldn't be sitting here today. So I really thankful for that um before for you being open for you being so gracious and asking me to come on
0: yeah exactly and it's actually for me it's taken a bit of time to actually get comfortable with just like sending emails to people but once you start a
1: business i think once you become an entrepreneur you kind of have to do it exactly exactly you do i think it's something that i have gleaned from from my work in corporate america is that you know the squeaky wheel gets oiled so you kind of have to always raise your hand you kind of always have to be out there put yourself out there network and kind of you know make sure that you have your ear to the ground to see what's going on yeah
0: Okay, that's good, that's good. So thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so, for Go me. ahead and just ask you questions and then we'll just have a conversation. Um, the first question that I want to ask is basically tell us who you are, like
1: who are you, where are you from? Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's a loaded question. Um, my name is Tenevimbo Michelle Tremorza. Um, I was born in Harare, Zimbabwe, which is, uh, you know, Southern Africa, so some people say. Um, And I grew up in the States. I left Zimbabwe when I was five years old, Um, but my heart definitely is still there. Um, I'm right now stationed and based in Dallas, Texas, so that has been um, my launching point. Um, In Dallas, I worked for a couple of financial service industries uh, companies. So um, I've worked for Fidelity. I've worked for a real estate investment firm, and I've also worked for Goldman Sachs. And I just recently left my job at Goldman Sachs to kind of pursue this um, entrepreneurial uh, path that I'm on uh, because I really want to help women, and I want them to feel great about themselves no matter um, where they are or what they look like. I just want them to feel great. So it's been a very interesting journey and it's been a self-discovery year for me. So I, you know, not having a job, but pushing forward with my entrepreneurial um, company, Bantu Coils has just been, it's been a delight. It's been joys, it's been ups and it's been downs, but that is in essence who I am in a nutshell.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. You have a lot of experience. So how long have you had Bantu Coils?
1: I've had Bantu Coils for about three years now. We're going on three years. Um, we, we've kind of morphed into different things, and when we first started, we were a beauty supply hair store um, only in Harare, Zimbabwe, um, and we were doing more on-the-ground work, and within the past, I guess, year and a half, we've kind of migrated to more of an online presence, uh, so that's been a very um, interesting evolution of Bantu Coils, but right now, we're now um, an e-commerce store but also still on the ground. So we have um, a few agent locations uh, in Zimbabwe right now. So the, the name Bantu Coils was kind of, uh, we wanted to incorporate a natural hair terminology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that was uh, imperative. But I also wanted to make sure we drew in the aspect that we are Africans at heart, um, and that we wanted to kind of pay homage to our ancestry, right? So the word Bantu koi bantu actually is a shortened term for abantu which means people or my people. So um that's to me, practical sense of saying my people who have coils. So that's like a practical aspect of the name. But also there's a little deeper history behind it because as you know, the Bantu people migrated. So there's Bantu tribes or Bantu um, representation from Northern Africa to Southern Africa. And the thing that's very um, poignant is that the Bantu people would actually knowledge share. They would actually share their knowledge of weaponry or, or farming and things of that nature. So I thought that was very um, pivotal because it's like, okay, we're doing the same thing. We are sharing the knowledge that we have and that information sharing kind of brings us closer. Without the Bantu people sharing that information, um, the languages and things like that, we wouldn't have such a vast expansion of the Bantu people. So um, that's kind of the history behind how we came up with the name uh, Bantu Foils.
0: Oh, wow. wow. I, I like the fact that you say the sharing is so important because mm-hmm. if, for me, my name, most people usually think I'm from Zimbabwe.
1: Yes, it's that's, very
0: similar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually from Zambia, but it's just because we all have that commonality, you know. Yeah. We're all, we speak the same, similar languages. We, Mm -hmm. we're pretty much the same. Right. So I like, I like that. Okay. Um, one other thing that I like is your logo. Let's talk about the logo because a lot of people that start uh, businesses, they get caught up on logos, Mm -hmm. on logos. And when I saw your logo, I was just like, oh my goodness, how did she come up with this? So tell us a little bit, like, how long did it take? Did you outsource to someone? How
1: how did you come up with that unique logo? Okay, the, the logo. Okay, so the logo, yeah, there's stories behind the logo. Um, usually what we did, we sketched out, like, four or five ideas, right? So, I mean, if you saw the ideas, you would probably laugh. I cannot draw to save my life. Okay. Okay. Uh But the thing is I I had to outsource it because I knew that um, someone else could do a better job. Um, So one thing was I needed to outsource this. I understood that part of it, but I wanted to make sure whoever I outsourced to embodied the brand and understood where I was coming from, even with my chicken scratch um, sketches. Um, But the other thing was it was imperative for me to have someone who was a woman, someone who um, could use the platform as um, as a leverage or as a jumping board or a, 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 you know, a jumping board. So I found someone in Zimbabwe, actually. Her name is Chi, is a really great girl who does um, all my logos. So the thing that I wanted to stress here was that it was a collaborative effort between her and I, um, and it's something that... I had an idea and she just came through and executed phenomenally. Um, One thing that I would tell probably entrepreneurs is just because you're outsourcing something, you don't have to just look for a short-term fix. You should be looking long term because it's something that you are slowly building your team, even though it's a small logo build. You are you are building a team. And that's important because when you need to come back, like I have done multiple times to ask for a logo. I know she's she understands me. We have a process and I'm glad to have her on the team. So I think that's something that entrepreneurs need to, you know, the logo is important, but the logo also evolves over time. So just because you build the first logo doesn't mean that it's going to be your lasting logo forever. Yeah. It's good to just start, even if you're scared, even if you don't know, just start and do it scared and do it anyway.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point because I actually, for my business, I changed my logo
1: twice.
0: Mm-hmm. The yeah. first time um, I outsourced it to someone and they kept coming back. And I kept disapproving. I didn't like the look <laughs> yes. like two months going back and forth. Eventually I just said, you know what, I'll get a custom log a custom font okay. and I ended up using just the custom font. And I liked it. You know, mm-hmm. I liked it. And then eventually I had to go and trademark it. Unfortunately, the name itself, someone else had it. Had it. Okay. So that's why I had to change it. But most people think they have to get stuck with it. It's like life. No, you can change it.
1: You can change it. Yeah. It evolves. It changes. Just as you grow as a person, you grow as a business and you change, you know? Exactly.
0: And I like the fact that you also outsourced a a lot of entrepreneurs think I have to do everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can be so
1: overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, it it can be very overwhelming. I think it's something that I think I've had to learn is to delegate because I think I can be one of those. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But sometimes you just say, you know what? Um, Can I build can I build a team? um with this outsourcing right that's my my always my first question okay if i if i'm not good at photography can i hire someone who's good at photography who can stay with me and join the team and i think that's some of the questions if if that if i don't see that then maybe i can say you know what i can do it you know we can save some costs and you know go ahead and do it you know myself yeah that's good that's good
0: okay so how long have you been natural
1: Oh man, I've been natural for a long time. I feel like a long time since I since I was in college. Okay, oh. um, I had um a relaxer, and my hair would not go past the, right here. It, it wouldn't go past my earlobe. Like it would co- grow, and then it would just break off. Right. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know, what? this is just it's just heartbreaking, you know. So I went to the bathroom and just literally just snip, snip, snip. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah but I didn't think through, I didn't think through because I was like, okay, now what do I do, right? <laughs> um, because at the time, I guess that was what 2000 and, um, I don't know, 2007, 2008 timeframe, there wasn't a lot of YouTube bloggers. I think there was natural 85 was probably there oh, and you know, she's been styling. But she had long hair, so there was no one really who had like the TWA like styles that you could kind of you know follow. So, I like I said, I didn't think through, so I just literally had like a packed fro for like two years. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, was the <laughs> fro. you know, the packed fro that you kind of just like literally pat down. That was that was me. Like oh, really? Oh, wow,
0: that's good. That's good. <laughs> do you have any natural hair goals? What do you are you going to Westland? What are you going? Oh,
1: Westland, yeah, hair? you know. I wouldn't mind Wesley. I mean, waist length. I wouldn't mind it. Um, I think for me, I I want my hair to be thick. So oh. it's, it's one of those things where it's never been thick, and I'm like, okay, if I can get my hair thick, and if I can keep my edges, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You no, know? exactly. I'm, don't do things. I'm okay. Yeah, but yeah. waist. I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a waist length if 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 I still get blessed. Okay. okay. Yeah, I tell people that it's all about
0: the what you learn during the way. It's not about how fine your hair is That's true. none of that. It's just what it's how true. you grow during the process.
1: Yes. And I to add to that, I think um for me, cutting my hair at that you know, back in college, um, I was actually learning more about myself. Mm-hmm. At that time, because you learn to just kind of have a certain confidence, whether you like your hair or you don't like your hair at that stage, or whether your twist out came out right or not, you learn to say, you know what, I'm going to rock it. I'm going to be bold. You know, maybe people will see my um, brain capacity, my intelligence over my hair or over my looks. So it's one of those things where um, I think I grew as a person through my hair, you know, every, every hair journey, every hair battle, um, I think taught me something as a person. So I think, like you said, it's very important that you embrace the hair journey, but also the personal journey that comes along with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. that's good. Good point. All right. My next uh, question is. So we, we spoke recently, and you said you were in Zimbabwe. I was. <laughs> That's so exciting. I wish I could go home. I don't go as often now. So. But in one of my episodes, I talked about my experience having natural hair in Zambia. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but literally I was told my hair was not acceptable. Someone just said, you know what? We're not taking a picture. I was taking my passport and they say, we're not taking your picture with natural hair on it. So I just want to find out. Um, I know you said you grew up over here, but what
1: have you had an experience going back home with your natural hair? Yes. It's a great, great question, great observation, and it was a great podcast. I really encourage everyone to go back and, and listen to that. I think um, when I went back home last was five years ago, and like you said, I came with my fro, and I was rocking it, and I thought I was cute. You know, I had twist outs and everything, uh-huh. and literally everyone that I passed was like, do you need me to braid your hair? I can, uh-huh. I can braid your hair for you. I can <laughs> take care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was a little, not offended, but I was like, oh, okay, that's, it's not, that's, it's different, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's different back home than it is here in the States because um, certain styles, of course, are different. Back home, you have these amazing braided styles that people rock and, you know, they look beautiful and they're so um, intricate. Um, here, not so much, you know, here is more, you know, a fro-land, you know, you can wear your twist out, you can wear your Bantu knot outs or what have you. So there is that vast difference, you know, because you're coming from, from the States, coming here, trying to rock your fro, and it's not that. But what I have learned with my recent trip when I went to Zimbabwe, which was great fun, mm-hmm. was that people are becoming way more expensive. Expressive within their hair. I think they're having a self-expression through their hair, which I am all the way here for it I think it's something that I've seen a lot of girls with the, the color the gray the uniqueness um, So for me that was great to see because I was like, you know what? This is this is exactly what natural hair is all about. It's just that self-expression creating that individualistic um, Approach when it comes to your hair and I was I was glad when I saw it when I went back recently. So when I was growing up, we always believed
0: um, the women in the U.S. had long hair. I don't know if that's how you, well, because you grew up over here, right? But I just remember having conversations with my sisters saying, oh, look at the hairstyle. Look at that girl on TV. She has long hair. And so I I guess because we always just believe that the U.S. does everything. You can literally get everything and everything is cheap. But in terms of natural hair, I have observed that we don't have a lot of brands. There are not that many brands for natural hair. Mm -hmm. So what has been your um, observation in regards to that? Do you think we have enough already or no?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, when I moved to the States, like I said, I came when I was small. I was five. My mom had that packed fro, you know, that packed fro. And... I was like, my hair is very different. It's not like the other girls that I, you know, was playing with. Mm -hmm. So I did notice that difference, like, you know, the longer hair was here versus back home. And I think maybe that is due to um, the brands or the options available, right? Because like you said, there are not that many options um, in, in Africa as there are here in the States. And I wish that would, I wish that would change. Um, And it's not even just that, but I think also in the pricing aspect, because when you ship and things like that can really um, affect affordability. However, I do not think that there is enough brands out there. I think everyone has a problem area. Everyone has, like you say, um, hair goals, whether it's uh, destination waist length or whether it's just having thick hair. Um, and certain brands do certain things. Certain brands respond differently to different hair types, different hair textures, even different environments. We are here in the States. The weather back home may be completely different. So maybe your hair may be more dry, you know, in, in Africa than it is in, you know, in the States. So there's a lot of contributing factors that can affect, um, brands and how your hair responds to those hair brands. So I think that, if you have a dream, or even if I have a dream of starting a hair care line, I think you should go for it. There's never enough um, brands out there because you're going to speak to someone specific, so I think that's um, that's important.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I'm so happy to know that you actually started Bantu Coils mm-hmm. because I feel like you know more people should be doing that. We need to be able to just go to the stores and pick. We shouldn't have this one section. One-
1: all section. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, just one more section. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm like, it's really good. So I just want to thank, um, thank you and just congratulate you for actually having your own Coils brand. Um, so, so I guess, how did you start with that? Like, did you see, did you think that was a lack of brands? How exactly did you start?
1: Yeah, so I did think that there was, um, something lacking because for me, I felt like, okay, look guys. I have hair that may look like everyone else's, but it may it doesn't behave the same way, right? So I'm like, let me test some things out. Let me check out what, um, what my hair responds to. And re- most recently, I think what I've been really diving into is the actual chemical makeup of um, certain products, right? So okay. trying to figure out, okay, if my hair is severely dry, right, can I use a Roboist tea to make it um, moisturized or can, what does it do? How does my scalp respond to this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, not everyone is using the same, you know, ingredients in their brand. So I was like, you know, I want to be a little bit different. I think that your hair, where you come from may help you understand what hair products you need for your hair.
0: Um, And
1: I think it's something that, You may have to take a look around, right, whether it's in our surroundings. When I was in Zimbabwe, you know, I was looking at the baobab tree. I love the baobab tree. And there's a fruit that is, you know, come from there. A lot of people here have baobab oil, but I was actually looking at the full fruit and seeing what what we can do with that. How does our hair respond to that? Because I feel like our ancestors used that in some way to to preserve their hair. So I want to kind of investigate that a little bit more. And hopefully help some women out there who have the same hair as I do. Yeah, that's, that's very good. And the other thing,
0: like what I have observed is that I follow a lot of Facebook groups.
1: Mm-hmm. Some
0: over here in the U.S. and some in Africa. Okay. And I've noticed that the ones like either in Nigeria or just different parts, they focus more on like do-it-yourself products. So mm-hmm. you will find actually people promoting okra, gel, or some natural products as opposed to actually going to go buy the
1: the, um, the whatever gel, bar- yeah.
0: yeah. So I like the fact that you actually say that you know, depending on where you are, use whatever you have in front of you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So
0: I was reading your description of the butters, the hair butters, and literally I was salivating. Like I was just like, this sounds like food. This. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to like try one. I mean, we're talking about hair right here. So, yeah. tell us about the bunch of coils um butter's hair butters. What is in it? How is that going to change my hair? What is it going to do for
1: me? Yeah. So, I recently launched hair butters. There's 3 of them. Um mm-hmm. and I really wanted them to actually moisturize your hair, right? So okay. for me, I have dry hair, it can get crunchy like in a day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was important for me to kind of have a hair butter that actually not just coated the hair, but actually penetrated the hair. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So um, so I created these hair butters um, and they do have these amazing smells and they also actually work. You know what I'm saying? So I was excited to launch these recently. There's three types. Mm-hmm. um. Let me see if I can pull it up. So I have an orange buttercream, which is our nothing but butter. So I was I was kind of inspired by like the the butter here. You know, I can't believe it's not butter. So I kind of <laughs> did that theme off that. So then nothing but butter, orange buttercream. past the butter, blueberry hair butter um, smoothie. Because I think what people don't understand is that blueberries do have a lot of antioxidants, which is good for your hair. So that was in there. That's some good stuff there. And then I can't believe it's all butter curl souffle, which the souffle is actually like a leave-in, which you can kind of leave in overnight um, and then wash out. But you can also use it um, just as a complete leave-in without having to wash out. So I do have those hair butters available and hopefully, you know, um, I've gotten, I've gotten good response, but hopefully if you try them out, you know, you can kind of tell me the same thing.
0: Okay. I love the way they look. They just look so fluffy. They look really nice. I would encourage everyone to just go to bantercoils.com and look and definitely do buy and try out the hair products. So a lot of women, a lot of women struggle with natural hair. I document my struggles on the podcast. So what is the one tip that you can give someone who's struggling with, with natural hair? Or especially someone who just did a big chop and now they're in that early
1: stage of like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, um, the big chop is big. It's a big deal, right? Because it's just like it, it's it's an emotional process. Did you cry? And I didn't cry, but I kind of I I literally when all the hair was on the floor, I literally like looked down and was like, oh guys, this is. <laughs> This may have been a mistake, but um, but I pushed through, and I think that's something that you have to understand. Your hair will go through different phases. There's ebbs and flows of the hair journey, and sometimes you know it's good, sometimes it's bad. And I know when you when you go through t when you go through that TWA phase, you feel like you can't do a lot of hairstyles. But there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of uh, support groups, you know, um, that can kind of help you and walk you through that. Um and I think that that is important. I think the one tip that I will give you um that I swear by is sleeping with um satin. I think that's just so important. I think that helps um keep your hair um from drying out. It helps it from breaking. It helps it from um having that friction with the cotton on your um your regular pillow. I think any covering on your head, silk or satin is imperative and it may help you actually have length retention. So I think that's something that a lot of some people invest in, some people don't. But I think that is something that I would definitely give a tip to say, hey, make sure you go to bed with uh, with some covering. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's good. So you
0: actually did mention earlier that you're actually going to introduce uh, bonnets as well on
1: your website. Yes, the, the coming soon. It's been a labor of love. Um, with these uh, slurbans. So I'm, I'm calling them slurbans because it's uh, satin-lined turbans. So I'm developing some, um, some turbans that are satin-lined, and the thing about them is you can wear them to bed, you can wear them to, your, um, to errands, to do your errands. They're that stylish and sleek to do that, but you can also wear them to exercise. They are performance um, fabric. It's uh, sweat wicking, moisture wicking, Um, So it's something that you can kind of live in if you if you so choose to because I know I did live in mine when uh, When I was on my maternity leave, you know Uh Um, And the one thing about it is, you know, when I had the bonnets they sag they look sad You know, they sag with pity the bonnets, Mm -hmm. you know, they lose their elasticity um, And they're not not very um, colorful uh, bonnets, but One of the things is you don't have to have that shame of taking it off if you've been in it all day. You can just, you know, leave the slurping on and just say, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking cute and I'm protecting my hair along the way. So, you know, leave me alone. Oh, that's good. I like
0: that because oftentimes when I have to leave the house, then I have to remember, oh, I still have it on. Let me take this out. Exactly. So that's very good. Like yours, I can go wherever. Exactly.
1: No more walks of shame.
0: (laughs) That's good. So what was your first product and how did you come up with your first product? Did you do any research and how much research, actually, how much research did you, did you do?
1: Okay, yeah, I guess my first, um, stamp, I guess right in, I'm in the thick of developing the Slurman. So I would say this is like my actual, outside of, um, uh, hair product is my actual, I guess, um, accessory for hair. Um, I did a lot of research. Um, I did a lot of research. I think uh, one of the key things that helped me to say, give my notice to my job and, and go forth was I did a market survey. So I picked women of different races, different backgrounds, um, different socioeconomic, um, statuses. And I sent them out a survey um, pre-Slurbin. So I was sending them surveys, asking them specific questions about what would you wear and how would you do this, how much would you pay for it. Um, I would ask questions like, what would make it more of an intriguing product for you? Or would you share this information with your friends? So that was the market research that I did. Um, And I did it cross continents, obviously, because Um, like I said, my heart is for Africa and I'm physically in the States. So I was like, let me leverage both, um, both markets to see the response. It was actually very interesting to see those response come in per country, um, and per uh, race. So that was very interesting. Uh, One of the things that I think was an aha moment for me was initially I went in thinking this may be just for, um, us natural hair girls who wear things to bed, you know, but surprisingly, I said, I was reading one of the research um, responses, and they mentioned it was a Caucasian woman and an Asian woman who mentioned that they'd get blowouts at their salon, and they try and extend their blowouts um, as much as possible. So I was thinking, oh, that would be perfect for them. You know, it, may, it it's a different um, series of needs, but in essence, it's the same. So I thought that was very interesting to kind of say, you know, I'm actually – doing a disservice to myself if I don't include them um, within the market research. So, yeah, I, I did a lot of market research. I think market research is ongoing. You know, you still have to go to the hair stylists, You still have to go to the hair salons and, and see if, you know, if there's something that a product that they would be interested in as well.
0: Yeah, I think that is you raise a good point, because once you if you don't do the research, then it just complicates your job in the end. Yes. It's like if you know exactly what people need, it will make it so much easier for you. So that's a good point.
1: Mm-hmm. I think people
0: shouldn't skip that
1: first stage. Yes, I think that's a, that's a crucial uh, stepping point. And if, if, if I would so um, boldly say that, that research actually helps illuminate the path that you need to take. Um, and it's And that's very important because otherwise, like you said, it becomes complicated and you can make a lot of U-turns. Um, if you don't do that research and so save yourself some time, save yourself some money, um, and make sure you do that solid market research.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then the next question is that a lot of people when they, they want to do a business, but they end up this fear that grips them from moving forward. It's like, I know what I need to do, but I just don't know what the next step is. Did you face any fear and how did you overcome that?
1: Of course, of course, of course, of course. Let me tell you something. I, I am an analyzer, right? Okay. Analyze and I overanalyze and I overanalyze and I go through the, the I'm like, okay, but if this hypothetically, this and this, Mm -hmm. so I would, that drives me into a a fear, you know, anxiety thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. I did that for a long time. I think it took me a year and a half to quit my job. Honestly, it took me because I, I mold over it, I mold over it, I mold over it. And I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm scared. You know, where's the money gonna come from? How am I gonna pay for my bills? Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, there's something that I would tell you is when you do what you're called to do, there's a certain peace that comes over you. Um and when that when that happens, I was able to make a decision um very quickly. I think I went in that same day and was like, okay, I'm gone, because I think um I've been given a concrete idea. The idea was already um, confirmed in the research. And now all I have to do is utilize the tools that I have and the lessons that I've learned, whether in corporate America and um, outside, to go ahead and push through with this. And I, even though you may be scared, you just do it scared. You do it anyway because you never know what's going to be on the outside. You don't want to look back and say, I should have, I could have, I would have. You know, who was to know where this could have gone? Test it out and see what's the worst that can can happen you can always get another job or you can always you know work part-time or leverage off you know you don't have to just quit cold turkey so i think it's important to say you know what acknowledge the fear but make sure you know that there is something greater on the other side of that rainbow if you just go for it exactly because don't you
0: find that now that you started the wheels just turn? yes Yes. they They do there's no way you would have anticipated that, oh, you would find a manufacturer or you would find, you know, the products. It's just yeah. like once you step on that podium
1: or in that trend, then mm-hmm. it just keeps on. It just moves. Yes. Exactly. Your brain just kind of opens up to say, oh, my goodness, I can do this. I can do this. You know, if it's if it's if it's in you, if there's a seed in you of entrepreneurship, it will it will open up. It will begin to flourish once you allow it to breathe, once you water it. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's something that I I really encourage people to do. Go for it.
0: So have you always felt you were an entrepreneur? Because. For me, like, since I was young, I always thought I wanted to have a business, but I had no idea. I don't even think I understood what that meant, but it was in me. Mm -hmm. I guess some people are called to either be doctors, and there's some that are called to be entrepreneurs. How have you felt?
1: Yeah, I think I was younger. In high school i would sell like shoes <laughs> i would sell you know those knockoff jordans that's what i was you know i had a little binder i was such a nerd i had a binder and i would be like okay t53 is the code do you you want this shoe do you want this shoe so i all my life i had sold things you know even you know where it's i don't know I, fabric reselling things i've always do, been doing that but then when, when you get to be a little bit older you become slightly risk adverse, right? You start to say, you know what? You know, you start to have a more cognitive thought about next steps, retirement, college funding, you know what I mean? Uh, You become responsible, I guess. And um, that kind of, I guess, put a dampen on that entrepreneurial spirit. But I think um, I had a birthday recently and I said, you know what? I I have to go for it. You know, I have to go for it. I don't want to look back and say I didn't do it I, I want to make sure that I can look my daughter in the eye when I'm telling her all things are possible, that she really believes it and looks at me and says, you know, because you did that, I can do this. So that yeah, was very that's important. Good.
0: That's good. That's very good. And what has been your most satisfying times through this being an entrepreneur? What's been?
1: <laughs> it's you... hard work. It's hard work. It's hard years, work, right? Yeah. Hard work. Like, I think... You know, I don't. My mom, I don't think my mom knows what I do. You know, like she, the whole time she's like, "So you've been on the computer all day, yeah?" You know? <laughs> so what have you been doing? Huh? I'm like, she's like, I'm like, mom, I'm working. Like I'm on the computer. I'm doing things. I'm, you know, executing. But I think the thing that has been, um, very rewarding to me is that you don't know who's in your network until you actually go into your network. You know what I mean? Actually, work the network, and I think that's something that I've been um, really satisfied to hear. You know, I love posting on Instagram or posting on on Facebook, and then people messaging me or calling me or texting me and saying, "Hey, you know, I know someone or this person, or you know, this looks great." I would tweak this. So I think for me, it's just been that connectivity with everyone that's that I know. And I'm like, I didn't know that you took pictures or, you know, I didn't know that you did this. So working the network has been really great, you know, for me. I think it's been um, eye opening to say, you know, never underestimate people. um, And you don't know what's what lies underneath. Some people may have hobbies that they're not vocal about, but um, you never know until you actually tap that network and say, hey, you know, who's out there? hmm exactly
0: so you have you have kids how are you managing that you have a
1: husband you have family how is that going <laughs> yeah do you ever really manage that no you know what i realized i i i had a an epiphany right recently because mm-hmm. it's like everyone talks about work-life balance work-life integration um how do you balance it how do you do it all i really don't don't know if um if you do really what you have to do is break it into chunks you eat an elephant a bite at a time so every day you can i have like a mental checklist right because i'm an achiever so i like checklists. i'm a you know type a so i like checklists. so if i can say you know what Hmm, the kids went to school today they brushed their teeth they're clean they took a bath check good mom you know i'm a good mom you know my i cooked dinner today Oh, you know what, my husband's happy, the kids are happy, check. The husband's happy. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I went to go get my nails done. I had a moment. I had to drink some wine. Check for me for self uh for self edification or self, you know, self-care. So every day I just try and find my three checks. You know, if I clean the house, great. If the house is dirty, that's fine. Don't worry about it, keep moving, you know. And I think for me it's funny because I'm like, ooh, when I see the moms all, you know, dressed down and they're, you know, styling to the nine, and kids are perfect. Um, I'm like, you know, you must have missed the third check about cleaning the house. You must have missed the third check about, you know, picking up something from the grocery store. So that's like how I kind of make sure that I'm like, falling somewhere in a, in a good zone of saying, you know what, I am balancing it. It's your own balance. Everyone does their thing differently. But for me, that's what I do. I do my three point check system. If I get three checks, I'm good. I had a good yeah, day. Yeah, I, I think that you mentioned the checklist
0: because when my first daughter, my daughter was born, you know how at the hospital they give you that form, like when did the baby breastfeed, when yes. did the baby you know drink whatever. Yeah, and I at first I was like, why do I have to keep on tracking literally everything, how long the baby slept, but <laughs> I realized that. That is the foundation. If you can't start from there and have like a schedule where you check out, oh, I did this, I did this, your life it will be so much simpler. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah it, like you said, it's better to check off the things that you did than worry about the things that you didn't check off, right? Because that's when we start going into an anxiety like, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. No, let's worry about what we did do today and then whatever we didn't do, we'll worry about it tomorrow. We'll get our checks tomorrow.
0: Exactly. So once you started your business, what surprises did you find other than the fact that it's a lot of hard work? It's hard work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Do you have, actually, do you have support in terms of like who's doing the marketing? Are you doing everything? Marketing,
1: are you are you the, the main person? Yeah. So I am the main person, okay? I'm the main person. Um, for the Slurbin's, I did hire a marketing um, company, but they have yet to um begin, right? Because right. I, I'm 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 pre-launch. So I am doing everything. So I guess for me it was a shock because mind you I, I from I went from you know a nine to five, you know, nine to seven job um with responsibilities, with a job description, you know, to then going to like entrepreneurship, right? So it's like, okay, what i was surprised to learn was that you work at different times right sometimes i'm up at five sometimes i'm sleeping at two mm-hmm. um and then just to kind of i guess set up my day like i didn't know how to set up my day you know because i'm like okay let me wake up let me check the emails let me check um social media and see if there's any been any responses throughout the day okay, so now what do I do, I need to worry about growing, growing the audience. Okay, how do I grow my audience? Um, And then anything new, let's look for next month. What's, what's the push next month? Is the next, you know, I kind of had to be very organized and be very um, purposeful because if I wasn't, I was just going to be drugged throughout, through the mud, you know, day in and day out. So I think for me, it was surprising to know that I, like if I had an IT problem, I couldn't just call IT, you know, I'm like, hey, IT, can you fix this? I literally had to go in and start figuring out, okay, the code is broken, where do I go, how do I do this? Um, But it's been good because I've learned a lot of things, you know, like manufacturing is not my wheelhouse, designing is not my wheelhouse, but I sure did get put my hands in there, roll up my sleeves and say, let's get to work. You know, teach me, I'm teachable. Mm -hmm. I value being teachable. Okay, let's learn some things. Because then when I do outsource it, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly how to direct you into, you know, what I need done. So, yeah, I'm a one-woman show, but but I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Just (laughs) breaking. You're doing a good job. Thank
0: Um, you. What is the one advice that you could give to someone who's starting a business? Do you have any one advice or something that you thought, oh, I wish someone had told me about that? Yeah, I think,
1: I guess it's, I guess two things. I think it's important for you to build a team. I don't think anyone can be a successful entrepreneur um, without building a solid team around them. And the team doesn't have to be a team of 12 or a gang of 20, right? It can be you and it could be maybe someone that you outsource something to uh let's say if you outsource your blogging build that team build that relationship you know um whether because maybe when you build that relationship that person who's specifically focused on that thing may be able to tell you you know what i saw this and this may help your business Um, and it may even be the person who's at the post office when you go drop off your things Build that. Make that be your team, because then if you get something lost in the mail or you know who to go to, you have your contact at the post office. So when I say build your team, I'm not saying people who work under you, people who you work with or you rub shoulders with um, on a daily basis or that you may need their services um, occasionally. That is your team. That is your team. So um, think of them as your employees. Treat them as such. Um, if not better than that, you know, treat them as your partners. If not, because then you kind of would get a better response um, from them when you need them. So I think for you is just for any entrepreneur starting out, I would say build your team, build it wisely, cultivate those relationships, um, and treat them like gold.
0: Okay, that's good. That's good. So where do you go?
1: Do you are you on social media? Where are you? Where can. Was fine. Right, so I have my personal social media page is Tinavimbo underscore Chimwaza on Instagram. Um, and then all my business, Bantu Coils, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are there, so at, at Bantu Coils. That's okay, it.
0: so I'm also going to put the links in the description below. So if they want to reach out to you, they'll find the, the links below. So it's been really, really great talking to you. I am like, I've learned so much. This has been like helpful to myself as well, even though I'm an entrepreneur, but I've learned so
1: much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll keep in touch. Likewise. I hope
0: you enjoyed listening. I hope you have been inspired to find your true self destination. See you next time. Bye-bye.